On the DACA today, we delve into the art of precision in legal communication. As legal professionals navigating a global landscape, effective correspondence with opposing counsel is paramount. Join me, Timothy Barrett, a seasoned lawyer, law professor, and ESL teacher, as we uncover tactics for maintaining professionalism, presenting arguments with clarity, and strategically managing information flow. Whether you're an experienced attorney or a law student, this episode is your guide to elevating your written exchanges in the complex world of law. Stay tuned for valuable insights that will transform the way you communicate in your legal practice with opposing counsel. Effective Strategies for Corresponding with Opposing Counsel Guide to Professional Legal Emails and Letters The Four Legal English Podcast is now in session. Welcome to the Four Legal English Podcast. This is the show for lawyers, law students, and other professionals from all over the world who want to improve both their legal English and legal knowledge. In this podcast, we discuss different legal topics, such as law in the news, law in practice, legal writing, legal movies, and other issues. This podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, consult an attorney. You can check out our blog articles, available courses, and the show notes for this episode on our website. That's four is in the number four, legalenglish, no spaces or dashes, dot com. Fourlegalenglish.com. I'm Timothy Barrett, your host. I'm a former practicing attorney from the United States, more recently a law professor in Tbilisi, Georgia, and currently an author and podcast host, among other things. Today we're diving into the crucial aspect of legal communication, strategies for corresponding with opposing counsel. Effective communication is the bedrock of success in the legal realm, and today we're focusing on a specific facet of this skill, corresponding with opposing counsel. Now why is this so important? In the dance of litigation or negotiations, your ability to convey your points clearly and professionally can significantly impact the outcome. It's not just about the words you use, it's about the strategy behind them. So buckle up as we unravel the strategies that can elevate your correspondence game. In the legal realm, effective correspondence with opposing counsel holds paramount significance, a truth magnified when operating in a language that is not your native tongue. The written exchanges between attorneys form the backbone of legal proceedings, influencing case outcomes, negotiations, and the overall tenor of legal engagements. When communicating in a language beyond one's native proficiency, the stakes are higher. Precision in language is essential to ensure that legal arguments are articulated clearly and comprehensively. Moreover, the tone of correspondence can significantly impact the dynamics of the case, influencing relationships with opposing counsel, judges, and indirectly, the client. Successfully navigating these intricacies requires a nuanced understanding of legal English, the ability to craft persuasive arguments, and perhaps most importantly, a keen awareness of the delicate balance between zealous advocacy and maintaining a professional, respectful demeanor. 
understanding the dynamics. Now that we've set the stage, let's delve into it. Let's unravel the unique dynamics that come into play when corresponding with opposing counsel. Communication with opposing counsel is a delicate dance. It's not just about presenting your case, it's about engaging in a professional dialogue. This is where the unique dynamics unfold. Picture it as a chess game, each move carefully calculated. As lawyers, we advocate for our clients, but we do so within the bounds of professionalism. It's important to maintain a degree of collegiality. We're all colleagues in the law profession. Striking the right balance between advocacy and professionalism is key. Your words are not just conveyors of legal arguments. They are representatives of your demeanor and respect for the legal process. So how do we navigate this delicate terrain? Crafting professional and respectful language. In this section, we're diving into the nuances of maintaining a professional tone in your legal correspondence with opposing counsel. Effective communication in the legal realm is not just about the words you use, it's about how you use them, especially for a global audience navigating the intricate landscape of legal English. Crafting messages that are both strong and respectful is a skill worth mastering. So let's unpack some tips on maintaining that all-important professional tone in your written exchanges. Understanding professional tone. First things first, what do we mean by professional tone? In the legal world, it's about balancing assertiveness with respect. Your language should convey confidence and strengthen your position without veering into unnecessary aggression. This balance is not just a matter of courtesy, it's a strategic choice that can impact the trajectory of your case. Remember, the words you choose shape the perception of not only your argument, but also of you as a legal professional. Tip one, be clear and direct. One key to maintaining professionalism is clarity. Be direct in your communication. Clearly state your position and the reasons behind it. Ambiguity can lead to misunderstandings, so don't be afraid to be straightforward. For example, instead of saying, I think, say, I contend, or I argue. These small adjustments add a layer of authority to your statements. Tip two, avoid unnecessary confrontation. While legal disputes are inherently adversarial, your language doesn't need to be needlessly confrontational. You can assert your position firmly without being aggressive. For instance, instead of saying your argument is baseless, you might say, I respectfully disagree and here's why. This acknowledges a difference of opinion without escalating unnecessary conflict. Tip three, choose words carefully. Every word matters. Choose your words thoughtfully. Legal English provides a rich vocabulary, so make the most of it. For instance, for instance, instead of wrong, you might use inaccurate or misguided. These alternatives maintain the strength of your disagreement while avoiding a blunt or disrespectful tone. Let's look at a couple of examples. Instead of saying your claim is ridiculous, you could say, I find it difficult to reconcile your claim with established legal precedent. This not only communicates your disagreement, but does so in a manner that invites a thoughtful response rather than provoking defensiveness. Maintaining a professional tone in your legal correspondence is an art. It's about asserting your position with strength while respecting the adversarial nature of legal proceedings. 
presenting arguments clearly and concisely. Welcome back, colleagues. Now let's unravel the art of presenting your legal arguments with crystal clarity. As we navigate the realm of legal correspondence, being clear and concise is not just a preference, it's a necessity. For our listeners globally grappling with legal English, this section will delve into strategies that ensure your arguments are understood, leaving no room for ambiguity. So sharpen those legal pens and let's dive in. Importance of Clarity why is clarity so crucial in legal arguments? Imagine you're crafting a roadmap for your case, and each sentence is a signpost. If those signs are unclear, the journey becomes treacherous. Similarly, in legal correspondence, your arguments are the guiding principles, and they must be crystal clear. Ambiguity leaves room for misinterpretation, and in the legal arena, precision is paramount. Strategy 1 Structure your arguments. First up, structure matters. Think of your argument as a story. It should have a clear beginning, middle, and end. Start with a concise introduction of your position, followed by the development of key points, and conclude with a strong summary. This structure aids comprehension and ensures your message is conveyed logically. Strategy 2. Define key terms. Legal arguments often involve specialized terminology. Don't assume opposing counsel has the same interpretation of a term as you do. Take a moment to define key terms or concepts, especially if they might be subject to different interpretations. This not only avoids misunderstandings, but also showcases your commitment to clarity. Of course, this is true even if you're speaking the same language, but if you are from different countries and your, your mother tongues are different, then this is even doubly important. Make sure that you both or both sides have the same understanding of the terms that you're using. Otherwise, you might negotiate a new contract or a settlement and later realize that you've actually agreed on nothing at all. Strategy three, use plain language. While legal English has its own nuances, the essence of clarity lies in simplicity. Avoid overly complex sentence structures or excessive use of legal jargon. Use plain language where possible. Remember, the goal is not to impress with linguistic acrobatics, but to communicate effectively. Strategy four, be explicit in your requests. Your legal correspondence might involve requests or demands. Be explicit. If you're seeking specific information or action, clearly state so. For example, instead of saying provide the necessary documents, you might say, please provide copies of the contracts dated between X and Y. Explicit requests leave no room for ambiguity. Every email should make it very clear what you want the other side, the recipient, to do, if you're expecting them to do something. People are very busy, they get a lot of emails, so your requests have to be very explicit, very clear. What do you want them to do? Or what are you expecting them to do? Let's illustrate this with an example. Instead of saying the contract is flawed, you might say the contract lacks clarity in defining the party's obligations, leading to potential disputes. This not only identifies the issue, but also points to the specific concern, fostering a more targeted response. As we conclude this section, remember clarity is not just a virtue, it's a necessity in effective legal communication. In the next segment, we'll explore the strategic management of information flow in your correspondence with opposing counsel. 
Stay tuned for more insights. If you're enjoying today's episode, please subscribe. It would really help us out if you gave us five stars and a review. Remember to go to our website, four is in the number four, legal English, no spaces or dashes.com, fourlegalenglish.com. Check out our blog articles, available courses in the show notes for this episode. And I encourage you to comment. At the bottom of the show notes, you can leave a comment or ask a question. This is a great way to practice and improve your legal English skills. Our flagship course that we offer is Elemental Legal English. This is a completely online course that you can complete at your own pace. It has 12 modules, which normally would be a 12-week semester course. There's plenty of learning content, as well as exercises to reinforce what you've learned. If you're looking to improve your vocabulary or understanding of legal English concepts, this is a great course to get started with. If you go to our website, look for Elemental Legal English, and I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Managing the flow of information. We're venturing into the strategic realm of managing the flow of information in your legal correspondence. As we proceed through this topic, consider it akin to navigating a legal chess game. When to reveal your pieces, when to hold back. These decisions can significantly impact your position. So let's unravel the tactics of strategic information flow. Imagine your legal case as a chessboard. Each move, each piece of information you share is a strategic play. Understanding when to make a move or hold your ground is a skill that can be a game changer in legal correspondence. It's not just about the information itself, it's about how and when you present it. Tactic one, full disclosure versus withholding. The first tactical consideration is the level of disclosure. The first tactical consideration is the level of disclosure. Sometimes, laying all your cards on the table is the most effective move. Other times, strategic withholding can be more advantageous. How do you decide? Consider the impact on your case. If disclosure strengthens your position or preempts a potential issue, it might be the right move. By disclosing everything, maybe you avoid a lawsuit entirely, or you highly encourage early settlement because of the disclosure. Tactic two, emphasizing key points. Not all information is equal. Some details carry more weight than others. Emphasizing key points is about directing the opposing counsel's attention to aspects that support your position. It's like highlighting the crucial moves in a chess game. By strategically emphasizing certain facts, you guide the narrative in your favor. Tactic three, timing is everything. Revealing information too early or too late can diminish its impact. It's not just about what you say, but when you say it. Consider the context of your case, ongoing developments, and the stage of the legal process. A well-timed move can catch your opponent off guard. Let's consider a scenario. In a contract dispute, you might strategically disclose evidence of a breach only after the opposing counsel has committed to a certain position. This can disrupt their strategy and give you a tactical advantage. It's a delicate dance of information. Striking the balance. 
Strategic information flow is about striking a balance between transparency and tactical advantage. It's a dance where each move should be calculated, considering the potential reactions of the opposing counsel. This skill, honed over time, can significantly enhance your position in legal correspondence. Remember, legal correspondence is not just a means of communication, it's a strategic game. Mastering the art of information flow can be a potent tool in your legal arsenal. Navigating cultural differences. In this segment, we're diving into the fascinating world of navigating cultural differences in your legal correspondence. Cultural nuances. The global legal world is a mosaic of cultures, each with its own unique way of communication. As we correspond across borders, it's crucial to recognize and respect these cultural nuances. The same words can carry different meanings and a misstep in understanding might alter the course of your legal voyage. Tip 1. Language precision and interpretation. One of the pillars of effective cross-cultural communication is precision in language. I know we're talking a lot about precision, but that's kind of the name of the game. Legal English, with its precision, becomes a shared bridge. However, be aware of potential differences in interpretation. A term that means one thing in common law might carry distinct meaning in another legal system. Be aware of that. Tip 2. Consideration of hierarchy and formality. Cultural norms regarding hierarchy and formality can significantly influence written communication. In some cultures, a more formal tone is customary, while in others, a direct and informal approach may be preferred. Understanding these dynamics is like deciphering the unwritten rules of a chess game. Understanding these dynamics is like deciphering the unwritten rules of a game. Tip 3. Timing and patience. Patience is a virtue, especially when dealing with the intricate dance of time zones. Recognize that responses may take longer due to variations in working hours or national holidays. A keen awareness of these temporal nuances demonstrates respect for the rhythm of your international counterparts. Imagine corresponding with opposing counsel in a negotiation. Your understanding of deadlines may differ. In some cultures, deadlines are viewed flexibly, while in others, strict adherence is paramount. These differences can impact the negotiation strategy and the overall success of your communication. Cultural sensitivity in legal correspondence is not just a courtesy, it's a strategic consideration. It allows you to navigate the complex currents of international legal waters with finesse. As global lawyers, embracing and adapting to these differences strengthens our ability to communicate effectively. Remember that in the global legal arena, cultural competence is a key asset. Understanding and respecting cultural nuances in your written exchanges can turn what might seem like obstacles into opportunities for stronger collaboration. Recognizing and avoiding common communication pitfalls. In this segment, we're putting on our detective hats to identify and avoid some common communication pitfalls when corresponding with opposing counsel. The tangled web of ambiguity. One of the trickiest pitfalls is ambiguity. In legal correspondence, ambiguity can be the breeding ground for misunderstandings. This might happen when terms are loosely defined or assumptions are left unaddressed. It's like setting sail without a clear map. You might end up in uncharted waters. 
Solution 1. Clarity through precision. To avoid the ambiguity trap, precision is your best ally. Define terms explicitly, leave no room for interpretation. For example, instead of saying soon, specify a time frame to ensure everyone is on the same page. Your understanding of soon might be very different than their understanding. The silence dilemma. Another pitfall is the deafening silence that can follow a communication misstep. If your emails echo in silence, it's time to reassess. Silence can signal confusion or disagreement. If your opponent suddenly goes quiet, you need to understand this move. Solution 2. Gentle prodding and clarification. Don't be afraid to break the silence with a gentle follow-up. See clarification, not confrontation. A simple, I wanted to ensure my previous email was clear, and if there are any points needing further discussion, I'm here can be a diplomatic nudge in the right direction. The perils of assumption. Assumptions can be treacherous. Assuming the opposing counsel knows something or understands a point might lead to unexpected results. It's akin to assuming the jury knows the intricacies of a complex case without proper explanation. Solution 3. Art of Explicit Communication. Combat assumptions by embracing the art of explicit communication. If a point is crucial, spell it out. Think of your communication as a roadmap, guiding the reader step-by-step through the legal terrain. Remember, effective communication is not just about what you say, but how it's received. By avoiding these common pitfalls, you're not just crafting emails, you're building a bridge of understanding. Not to mention that opposing counsel, for the most part, are other human beings. If you communicate well with them and effectively with them, even if they disagree with your legal arguments and the other points that you're making, they're still going to show you respect or they should show you respect and understand where you're coming from. And that can't but help your negotiation in this case and possibly in future cases. Ensuring clear documentation of agreements. Discussing the importance of precision in documenting agreements in writing. In this section, we want to ensure the fortification of your written agreements. Precision is our watchword, and clarity is the mission. Let's plunge into the realm of ensuring crystal clear documentation of agreements in the global legal world. The power of the written word. We all know that in the legal realm, the written word is akin to a binding spell. But like any potent magic, it needs to be wielded with precision. The agreements you document are the backbone of legal transactions, and their clarity is paramount. Ambiguity, our old nemesis, can lurk in the shadows of poorly documented agreements. It's like a fog that obscures the path, making it easy to stumble into misunderstandings. We want to be the Gandalfs of legal documentation, dispelling ambiguity with the light of precision. Tip 1. Define terms explicitly. Don't assume that everyone interprets legal jargon the same way. If your agreement mentions reasonable time, specify what that means in days or weeks to avoid any interpretive acrobatics. Vagueness. Vagueness can be a silent saboteur. If the terms in your agreement resemble a misty forest, parties may find themselves lost in differing interpretations. We aim to clear the fog and lay out the terms in a way that leaves no room for wandering. 
that leaves no room for misunderstanding. And of course, if there's no misunderstanding, that means it's much less likely to end up in litigation in court. Whereas if there's lots of misunderstanding, lots of ambiguity, then the other side can make legal arguments that maybe appeal to a judge. So you want to avoid vagueness, avoid ambiguity. Tip two, be concrete in descriptions. If your agreement involves deliverables, describe them precisely. Instead of comprehensive report, specify the contents and format. Imagine you're narrating a detailed recipe. The more explicit, the better. Consider a scenario where your agreement involves the delivery of a comprehensive market analysis. This term, while sounding thorough, is open to interpretation. My tip, specify the elements that constitute this analysis, leaving no room for guesswork. The importance of clarity and responsibilities. The responsibilities outlined in the agreement are the building blocks of collaboration. Ambiguity here is like a shaky foundation, leading to disputes. Our aim is to solidify the foundation, ensuring each party knows their role and responsibilities. Tip 3. Outline responsibilities clearly. If the agreement involves collaborative work, clearly delineate who does what. Think of it as a choreographed dance, each step defined to avoid a misstep. Remember that precision in documenting agreements is not just a formality, it's the linchpin of legal transactions. By heeding these tips, you're not just drafting agreements, you're crafting a roadmap to a shared understanding. Effective follow-up practices in correspondence. Follow-up is not just a courtesy, it's a crucial step in ensuring that legal matters progress seamlessly. Let's delve into the intricacies of timely and professional follow-up. The role of follow-up in legal correspondence. This is similar to the what happened next chapter in your favorite mystery novel. It's the part that ensures the plot moves forward. In the legal world, timely follow-up is not just good practice, it's often the key to keeping the wheels of justice turning. The dangers of procrastination. We've all heard the saying, justice delayed is justice denied. The same holds for your legal correspondence. Procrastination is the silent villain that can stall your cases and damage your professional reputation. Let's explore strategies to keep things moving. Timely responses and professionalism. Responding promptly to correspondence shows respect for the legal process and your colleagues. It's like a well-timed entrance on the stage. It leaves a lasting impression of professionalism. Strategy one, organize your priorities. Our first strategy is to organize your priorities. Legal matters often involve a cascade of correspondence. Organize them based on urgency and importance. It's like juggling. Focus on the balls that are about to drop first. Example scenario. Imagine you're handling a personal injury case and opposing counsel has sent a settlement offer. This takes priority over a routine document request. By organizing your priorities, you ensure that time-sensitive matters get the attention they deserve. Strategy two, set clear expectations. If you need a response by a certain date, communicate that clearly. It's like giving your colleague a roadmap. They know exactly where to go and when. Of course, any date is preferable to no date, but it can also be helpful if you have a reason for that date. 
For instance, you know, please get back to me before next Wednesday because I'm meeting my client and I will discuss this with him then. You know, th- that gives a reason why they should get back to you before that date. Or maybe that's the filing date or it's a court mandated date. Of course, those are often set in stone. They're solid. So by using those as the date, it's not like you're forcing them to arbitrarily respond by a certain time. There's a logic behind why they ought to respond by this time. It's not arbitrary. The art of diplomacy. Effective follow-up is not just about speed. It's also about finesse. Even in the face of delays, maintaining a constructive tone is essential. In the art of diplomacy in action, ensuring that your correspondence remains a tool for progress, not a source of contention. Strategy 3. Diplomatic language and follow-up. Strategy 3 involves diplomatic language. Instead of accusatory tones, use phrases like, I understand your schedule is busy, but for the smooth progression of this matter, your prompt response would be appreciated. Remember that in the legal arena, time is both an ally and an adversary. Mastering the art of timely and professional follow-up is not just a skill, it's a superpower that propels your legal practice forward. Lexicon. Here are some words or phrases from today's episode that might be challenging or maybe you'll find advanced. If you want to learn more about these words, go to our show notes at forlegalenglish.com slash podcast. That's four is in the number four, legal English, no spaces or dashes, dot com slash podcast. And look for today's episode. Articulate. Commendable. Conducting. Correspondence. Diplomacy. Finesse. Intricate. Orchestrating. Paramount. Promptly. What questions do you have about today's episode? You can post those questions or any comments on the show notes. This is a great way to practice and improve your legal English skills. You can go to the website for, as in the number four, legal English, no spaces or dashes, dot com. For legal English dot com. You can check out our blog articles and show notes for this episode and check out the episode quizzes. It would be fantastic if you could subscribe and give us a review. If you could leave us five stars and a nice comment, it would really help the algorithm and other people to find our podcast. If you leave a great review, I might even read it on the air. So start writing. The 4 Legal English Podcast is adjourned. Don't miss the next docket call. (laughs) 